At Online MedEd, we walk you through every topic in detail, so you're ready for the boards and the wards. We're going to cover a hodgepodge of diseases that a colorectal surgeon might see. We've covered most of these diseases in more detail in other lessons, so this is going to be a drive-by, quick-hit, high-yield review of the topics you'll see on colorectal surgery. The first one, of course, is going to be colon cancer. And you do have to know a lot about colon cancer, but what I want you to learn for colorectal surgery is how you screen, how often, and when do you operate. So there's three ways that you can get into the bucket of colon cancer. It might be an asymptomatic screen. That's the way you want to diagnose colon cancer. You might have a postmenopausal man. And yes, you heard me correct. Postmenopausal man with iron deficiency anemia. The idea is any postmenopausal woman or any man with iron deficiency anemia, that is, the people who shouldn't have iron deficiency anemia, who have iron deficiency anemia, need to be worked up for colon cancer. If you see man and iron deficiency anemia, the answer is colonoscopy. And lastly, there's the third way, which is the change in caliber of the stool. That is, that goes to pencil thin, alternating bowel habits, constipation and diarrhea, and weight loss. What this reflects is the sidedness of the cancers. A right-sided cancer is with loose stool, and so doesn't obstruct, but can leak off a little bit of blood whereas left-sided lesions, where the stool is more firmer, is going to cause obstructive symptoms and not necessarily just that loose bleeding. An asymptomatic screen is where you want to catch these people before they have any problems at all, because then you can intervene and remove a precancerous lesion. There are other ways to screen, but if you're suspecting they've got colon cancer, the way you want to do this is with a colonoscopy. And on that colonoscopy, you're going to get a couple of things. You might have cancer. Full-blown malignancy. Lymph nodes are positive. This person needs a CT scan in order to stage. And then chemo radiation. And chemo is generally going to be in the form of full FOX or full FIRI and radiation. Something I want to talk about in this lesson, there's a lot of genetic diseases that you have to know about in the internal medicine section. The one you might see come up on the surgical shelf, familial adenomatous polyposis. If you see thousands of polyps all at once in a particularly young person, that's FAP. And what happens is the person's going to have a thousand of these polyps that are all pre-malignant by 18. By 28, there's going to be malignant transformation. By 38, they're going to be dead from cancer. So in order to treat FAP, what you do is a prophylactic colectomy. You're not going to be able to pick out one of these polyps one at a time with repeat colonoscopies, so you just take the whole thing out. It's curative, but they don't have their colon. But on colonoscopy, you might find a polyp. And this is where it's going to change your surveillance. Colonoscopies for screening should be done every 10 years if it's clean. If you find something, you accelerate. And you're not going to remember the schedule. It's not worth it. 
But what I want you to feel, there are good polyps and there are bad polyps. Good polyps are pedunculated. They have a stalk. They're small. And when you biopsy them, what you see is tubular. The bad ones are going to be sessile. They don't have any stalk. They're large and they're villous. The idea is you can wrap a loop around this tubular, around the stalk, just rip it right off, and you know you've got negative margins. With this sessile thing, you're not really sure if you've got negative margins. You have to take it out piecemeal. So the more bad qualities it has, the sooner you come back. So the idea is you're going to look at the polyp, the size and number, and decide how soon should you come back. If it is nothing, it's just a polyp and there are a few of them, you come back in five years. If you've got a pre-malignant lesion, carcinoma in situ, and you only have a few, you can come back in three years. If you've got really dysplastic tissue or there's a lot, well, then you're almost at cancer, so you should come back in a year. But rather than memorize one, three, five, and ten years, just keep in the back of your head, the worse they make it sound, the sooner they should come back. All right, that's the overview for colorectal cancer that I want you to know for surgery. Let's move on to some of the other diseases you might see as a colorectal surgeon. And that's going to be inflammatory bowel disease, ulcerative colitis, and Crohn's. Knowing that the first step is not surgery, so the patients are going to come to you already with a diagnosis, having failed medical therapy, and asking, is surgery right for me? Ulcerative colitis is an inflammatory bowel disease that affects the superficial mucosa of the colon. The patient will have already been diagnosed, but what you'll see on their presentation is bloody bowel movements, rectal pain, and weight loss. Because they had a bloody bowel movement, there's no way to get away from it. They're going to get a colonoscopy. And you make the diagnosis of UC by seeing a continuously inflamed rectum, rectum all the way through the colon, continuously superficial inflammation on biopsy, no skip lesions. UC is treated medically until once you get to eight years after the diagnosis, your chance of malignant transformation goes up so high that you need to see a surgeon. All sort of colitis can be controlled with medications, but once they get to eight years after diagnosis, they need screening, colon cancer screening, every year. And the thing to do is actually have a prophylactic colectomy. If you resect the colon, ulcerative colitis is cured. It won't come back, and their disease is done. If you compare that to Crohn's disease, Crohn's disease should not be seen by a surgeon. Crohn's disease is another inflammatory bowel disease, but it is transmural. And being transmural, what that means is that it is allowed to connect to something else 
via inflammation and a fistula formation. So the patient who has Crohn's disease that's coming to the surgeon has a fistula, and you know they have a fistula because there's fecal soiling. There could be a connection between the GI tract and the bladder, the GI tract and the uterus, the GI tract and the skin. Fecal soiling, clinical diagnosis of a fistula. The thing you can do for these fistulas is do a fistulotomy. The only thing a surgeon is going to do is remove a fistula, either because it's refractory to medical therapy or the patient wants it done. If you cut on Crohn's disease, you can remove that area of inflammation, but another one will pop up down the road. Better to use medications for Crohn's, better to use surgery for UC. If we move into some of the more bread and butter stuff you're going to see in clinic, we can start talking about hemorrhoids. There's two types of hemorrhoids, and these are going to be two types of patient presentation. There's internal hemorrhoids and external. Internal hemorrhoids bleed, but do not hurt. External hemorrhoids hurt and itch, but do not bleed. If you think you have hemorrhoids, you just look. Diagnosis is based on visual inspection. And that's really easy for the external hemorrhoids. In order to see the internal hemorrhoids, you can do anoscopy. What's going to be wrong here is a flex sig or a colonoscopy. It's too invasive, you don't need it. All you need to do is an anoscopy, just peek in through the hole and see that you've got hemorrhoids. You're done. The treatment, surgically, is going to be banding internal hemorrhoids, so they stop bleeding, and resecting external hemorrhoids. Keeping in mind that if you remove too much of the hemorrhoid, what you could be left with is a scar that prevents the ability to empty the rectum, which is not good. So don't take too much, generally greater than 50% of the circumference of the anus is a bad idea. But you're not going to start with surgery. This is where you end up. You can start off with creams like Preparation H or Sitz Baths. You try these first. They generally don't work. They're symptomatic relief only, and then you end up banding, bleeding, and resecting those that hurt. In a similar vein, anal fissure is another colorectal disease that you'll take care of in clinic. Now, you know those guys in your med school class, they're real tight asses. Well, anal fissure is literally caused by literally a tight sphincter. And the way the patient is going to present is pain on defecation. Now, if you hear pain on defecation or relief of pain with defecation, you might think of irritable bowel disease. But this pain is going to last for hours. And what they do is these patients know every time they poop it hurts, so they hold it in. And then they get constipated and this big rock passes through this tear in the mucosa, which tears it even more and it hurts more. So they come to see you, and you just look at their rectum, and if you see it, you see the fissure. The surgical treatment for an anal fissure is a lateral, internal sphincterotomy. Now, of course, you don't start with surgery. 
You try to do things that are symptomatic relief that allows them to relax their sphincter, let the, the mucosa heal. So you can do things like nitroglycerin paste or sitz baths. When these don't work, surgery it is. We talked about colorectal cancer, but there's also another cancer a colorectal surgeon might see, and that is anal cancer. Anal cancer is essentially cervical cancer of the anus. The pathology is that HPV in semen goes somewhere, causes squamous cell carcinoma. Wherever semen can go, HPV can go. Wherever HPV goes, causes squamous cell carcinoma, throat, anus, and vagina. The patient is going to be someone who has anoreceptive sex. especially in the men who have sex with men population, and those who have HIV. Any STD is a risk factor for other STDs, but in order for semen to get into the rectum, you have to have anoreceptive sex. So those people who practice anoreceptive sex have an increased risk of developing squamous cell carcinoma of the anus. People who have HIV need to be screened. And this is, remember, this is just a cervical cancer of the anus, so you can do an anal pap. And of course, a definitive biopsy is going to be required. But where this disease differs from cervical cancer is that it does not respond to LEAP procedures. You can't ablate this or burn it off. You have to, regardless of the stage, use chemo and radiation. The good news is that this cancer is so receptive to chemo and radiation, you generally put everyone into remission. And the guy who came up with this, is the, his name is Nigro, and the Nigro protocol has stuck as a name so know the Nigro protocol, which is chemo and radiation for anal cancer. The last disease on our list is pyelonidal cyst. We don't really know what causes pyelonidal cyst, but we know that it becomes infected. And it's an abscessed hair follicle. We do know that it's a congenital disease. And we do know that you have to have a hairy butt in order to get it. But we don't know how that one leads to another. Effectively, you have a cyst that a hair grows into, and a confined space where the growing hair is going to lead to an abscess. They come in complaining of pain or fever or pus, and you find the pyelonidal cyst clinically, and the treatment is first do incision and drainage, and then take them into the OR to resect the cyst. All right, even more rapid fire than this lecture has been. Colorectal cancer, look for asymptomatic screen, the postmenopausal man with iron deficiency anemia, or the person who has advanced cancer and is in trouble. Get the colonoscopy to decide how bad it is and how many polyps there are to determine when you come back. And if they have advanced cancer, you resect it and then give them chemo. For inflammatory bowel disease, ulcerative colitis, surgery is curative. For Crohn's disease, surgery is a last-ditch effort that you shouldn't try because they're just going to come back needing more surgeries. For hemorrhoids, internal bleed, band them, external hurt, resect them, don't take off too much, try symptomatic relief first. Anal fissure is going to be pain on defecation. You see the fissure 
give them medications that make it hurt less, that allow them to relax their sphincter, but ultimately you might have to cut out part of the sphincter to loosen it up. Anal cancer is anoreceptive men who have a, an anal pap and they get squamous cell carcinoma from HPV. And pyelonidal cyst is a guy with a hairy butt, develops an abscess, you drain the abscess and realize there's a cyst, you remove the cyst to cure the disease. That's called a rectal cancer.